How's it going today, guys? Once again, I'm back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today, it is Thursday, uh, December 13th, 2018. I've got none other than Cohen Hughes with me here in the studio. Cohen, say what's up to the people. What's up, people? My name's Cohen Hughes. If you haven't heard me on here before, I am the host of the Daily Degenerate podcast. Um, a great friend. Let's be honest, Cohen. If they have. Oh, yeah. Let's be honest, Cohen. If they haven't heard you on here before, it's probably their first time listening to the show. Welcome, then. Yeah, welcome. If you haven't heard Cohen on here before, I mean, he's probably the closest thing I've had to a co-host. He's been on pretty much, I'll probably say you've been on here at least once a week the last, like, five, six, seven, eight weeks. So, we've been getting after it, but lots of big games coming up this week in the NFL. You know, I was pretty pissed off about the Falcons, but I came to accept it last week. I'm going to be honest. I barely paid any attention to the game last week. I had it on a little bit. Honestly, I'm not even going to talk about the Falcons this week as we do some matchups for y'all, and then we'll go buy or sell. I mean, lots of playoff implication. I try to narrow this down to the biggest matchups. Obviously, we're not going to talk about the Chiefs Chargers since it's currently going on right now, but... We'll start here. I think this is the biggest and the best game all weekend long, and that is Patriots versus Steelers. Uh, what are you thinking about this game, Cohen? Um, the game is in Pittsburgh, correct? Uh, correct. Okay. This is week 15? Um, yep. Three games left. Steelers got a hard schedule, baby. They got the Patriots at home, then they're at New Orleans, then they got the Bengals. God. Um, Steelers by a field goal. Interesting. See, it's a one-point spread. Mike Tomlin is – and that's in favor of the Patriots, barely a favorite. Yeah. Mike Tomlin is 2-7 and seven against the Patriots, and I think he's like 2-6-1 and one against the spread versus them, something like crazy like that. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. I think that loss last week to Oakland was devastating. I thought it was really, really stupid, and it's going to probably lead to Mike Tomlin losing his job to leave in there Josh Dobbs. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's, he was looked decent against them, but, I mean, this is a game you don't have won. I know Big Ben was ready to go. If Big Ben's fine and ready to go, I could care less how if Josh Dobbs looks like he's the next Pat Mahomes. I'm taking his ass out of there, and I'm putting Big Ben in the game. Yeah, you can just tell Josh Dobbs, while it was heroic effort, like he made a crazy like 4th and 17 conversion, um, he's just not ready yet. I would have definitely left Big Ben in there. Put him back in there once you know you can get him back. I'm actually looking yeah, at the uh, Steelers playoff picture right now. Oh, I mean, it's not looking – I mean, the thing is it comes down between them and the Ravens. As a wild card, they're still in the hunt as well, but – I mean, is to win the. I just don't think you can lose two games and then get in because they're not going to New Orleans and winning next week. I don't see it happening at all. This is do. This is their season on the line here. As originally as a better, I was going to say I'm going to hammer the Patriots. Like that's going to be my max play this week. I love the Patriots in this game, but the more and more I've thought about it, this is what I'm going to stay away from. The Steelers are going to come out here and play this game. I think like it's the last game of the season for them because you lose this game. I mean, yeah, you can go in New Orleans, play the best game of your lives. I don't think you could still beat Drew Brees at home if you played the best game of his life. New Orleans is a completely different team at home. No one has beaten them there this season. I mean, it's where they even lose there in the past. I saw a stat that I think they've lost at home like three times in the last five seasons or something crazy like that. Like, you don't go into New Orleans and beat them. So That building I think that, rocks. That building is fucking so hard to play in. I think mm-hmm. if, you, if you took a poll of all 30 NFL quarterbacks and 
where the hardest place to play was. I think half of them were probably say New Orleans. Yeah, it's either got to be New Orleans, Seattle, or Kansas City. I'd say those are probably the three hardest spots to play. And Seattle and Kansas City, I think, are so much harder because it's outdoor. It's going to be cold. It's going to be bad weather once it comes around the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The conditions rather than New Orleans, it's just hostile. You know what I mean? Like most teams play better indoors, but New Orleans is just hostile, man. Like that's a play. That's a spot you don't want to go. If you look at the Ravens right now, who they're battling with for the division lead, they lead them. They're seven five and one. The Ravens are seven and six. The Ravens gonna get the Buccaneers at San Diego versus the Browns. That's not easy either, but I feel like the Ravens will be able to beat the Buccaneers. The other two might not be as hard. So I mean, we could potentially see where the Steelers go two and one here and still getting the or one and two and still getting the playoffs. I mean, at the Browns last week's not going to be easy either. But at the same time, you don't roll want over you- for that game against the Steelers. They're gonna mm-hmm. they're, they're gonna play to ruin seasons. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like we saw it last year with. Who's, who was it, the Bang? When the Bengals ruined the Ravens season last year, and then the Seahawks got their season ruined by, like, the Cardinals or somebody like that in week in week 18 or 17 last year. I mean, that's not – you don't want it to come down to that last week. And i am be honest with you, if the Ravens win, and that mean, that would mean the Steelers would be banking on a Brown. If the Ravens win, win against the Buccaneers, that means they're banking on a Browns loss here. Let's say, hypothetically, the Steelers go into – I just feel like, though, Belichick in December – He's not going to lose because, I mean, even if the Patriots lose this game, hypothetically, they could miss the playoffs as well. I mean, they could have to drop to a wild card and they could lose a first round by potential here, too. So, I mean, New England has a lot riding on the game, too. That's why I just don't know if Mike Tomlin, with the success he hasn't had against the Patriots right now, could lose that. Because, I mean, right now the Patriots and Texans are both nine and four, but they beat the Texans week one. So they have the tiebreaker here. Damn, this is tight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The AFC playoff race is wild right now, man. And you look at the wild card, you got the seven and six Colts, seven and six Titans, seven and six Ravens, seven and six Dolphins. The Chargers are ten and three right now. I mean, they're not guaranteed in, but I mean, I would say the Chargers are definitely going to get in here as a wild card. But those other wild card spots are all up for grabs. And I mean, even the Chargers don't have an easy schedule remaining. They're at the Chiefs right now, losing. They've still got to play the Ravens and the Broncos. So I mean, all these teams. And that's at Denver, the last game of the season. Denver's probably also up there within the top five hardest places to play in the league. So the way these schedules play out, <clears throat> I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild finish in the AFC. This is must see TV. This is what the NFL needs. Even in both even in the NFC. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's gonna be wild races all over the place, but Overall, I just think the Steelers, the fact that James Conner probably won't play this game, play in this game, the Steelers have proven this season when they played bad at the beginning of the year, they didn't have a run game. They also might have peaked a little bit at the beginning of the season. I think all those factors combined here, I've got to take Bill Belichick and the Patriots to outcoach and beat the Steelers. I think this game will be a high-scoring affair. I think both teams are going to leave it all out on the field, but at the end of the day, I mean, I got to go with a more a more healthy Patriots team over an, over a banged-up Steelers team with their back against the wall. Um, Mike Tomlin is a guy who coaches, I wouldn't say well against his back against the wall, but he's a, um, a guy that players want to play for. I think they, they go into Foxborough. Um, the NFL throws a little home cooking their way. It's a travesty to not have to see the Steelers in the playoffs. No, the game's in, the game's in Pittsburgh. Oh shit. Yeah. A, a little bit of home cooking in Pittsburgh. I think the league greatly has done a disservice without Pittsburgh in the playoffs. And um, I think they win this game, maybe thirty-eight twenty-eight. Wow! See, I 
I think Tomlin's trying to get him to go, but I think this is the beginning of the end for Mike Tomlin. Actually, I think last week was the beginning of the end for Mike Tomlin. I have heard, though, he, they've been watching Space Jam. He's been having them drink the whatever Jordan calls it, the special drink or whatever special he called drinks. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's been trying any – I mean, they're literally trying anything and everything they can here. I don't think the Steelers are going to roll over and play dead by any means, but – I got to go with Belichick and Brady here. I mean, Belichick and Brady, when they got something to play for, man, there ain't nobody beating them. I've got to go with the Patriots here, take care of business, and wrap things up here for themselves. What time slot is that game? Four twenty-five. I wish it was Sunday night. Yeah, yeah Sunday night. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll go ahead and transition right here into the Sunday night game off this one. Sunday night game is the Eagles at the Rams. The Rams eleven are now 11.5-point favorites now that Carson Wentz has been ruled out for the season. Um, I'm all over the Rams in this matchup. I think the Rams cover that spread easily, especially after a horrible offensive output last week. I looked for McVay to get them back on track. I think a lot of that was the fact they were in the cold weather versus a really damn good defense that's, I mean, a lot of people are saying, oh, they're just in the cold weather, but I'm going to give the Bears defense a lot of credit here. They played one hell of a game. That was a low-scoring game. I mean, yeah, you can say they're on the road in a in a hostile, cold environment. I mean, that that the fact the Bears are going to win a division here and the Bears are only going to keep getting better, that's going to play big into the NFC championship and the NFC playoff races in the future with that home field advantage the Bears are going to have in the playoffs, but... I'm going to give the Bears defense credit here for stopping this Rams offense. I think they'll be absolutely bounced back next week. I mean, no Carson Wentz. I just see the Rams. I see like a 40, like, depends how much they want to run it up, like a 41-17 Rams victory here. I can see that. Yeah, and, you know, I also want to give the Eagles a little bit of credit here. I mean, look, they had to shut it down. Carson Wentz is injured. I think Carson Wentz will be back. I think the Eagles will have a lot better season next season. But I just got to give the Eagles a little credit here. I watched that whole game against Dallas. I mean, they were awful in the first half. They couldn't get anything going in the first half. And the fact that they left it all out on the field and they took that game to overtime, I mean, that just speaks volumes of the kind of coach Doug Peterson is and the type of team this this Eagles team is. I mean, their biggest game of the season, pretty much where their season was on the line, they left every single thing they had on the field. So I just don't want to give them a little credit there and not say they Man, necessarily You just, you just have... made me cry. That was beautiful. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Dude, that's what I was saying sitting there watching the whole game the whole first half I was like oh they rolled over and lost but then the way they played that second half man I was like look if you're Philly you lost but I wouldn't be disappointed if I'm an Eagles fan if you leave everything you got out on the field you can't be mad you know what I mean yeah and that's why the Falcons pissed me off so much because we got our ass whooped against the Browns and I felt like we didn't we didn't give a shit and that's why it pisses me off about that game and that was our season right there that's from the top mm-hmm I don't know. I don't. The NFL teams inherit a personality of their of their head coach. Um, I definitely agree with you on that, but I don't want to get into an argument with, with you here on Fire Dan Quinn because I could go on about that all day about how we should keep Dan Quinn. So, yeah, I definitely don't want. To, yeah, I don't want to get into that one. But let's look here now. Another big matchup with a lot of playoff implications. That's Cowboys versus Colts. Colts are minus three in this game. Cowboys are at Indianapolis. What do you think? <clears throat> mm, um, I don't know. The Cowboys are definitely pretty damn desperate. I mean, what are they like half a game up in the East now? Mm-hmm. Um, Indy really wants to not be a wild card team. I mean, no, they're not no, winning that yeah. division. Well, well, yeah. Well, they're not even in right now as it stands. Um, Indianapolis is is desperate. Um. Damn, I don't know. This is a t- this is like a, a tough one to call because it's two like really desperate teams right now. Oh no, I don't think Dallas is desperate. I feel like they've kind of wrapped the division up. 
But at the same time, Dallas has been on fire. They've they've rattled off one, two, three, four, five wins in a row. To say they get six in a row here, I think is kind of tough. I'm taking Indianapolis, even though, and I'll I'll eat the three points, but I'm taking Indianapolis here on this one. I just feel like Andrew Luck's been playing well. They didn't play as good as they would have liked to last week. I think the Colts try to bounce back here, and or was that two weeks ago the Colts lost? Two weeks ago. Six. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they beat the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. The 6-0 game against the Jags. They bounced back last week against Houston. I forgot about that. Uh, ended that long win streak. But yeah, I don't know, man. I gotta, I gotta take <coughs> the Colts here in this one. Yeah, me too. My big, I did the Colts. They're a little bit more desperate. Mm-hmm. And also another big thing is the Colts. They have the eighth best scoring offense in the league. Dallas is not really. That's by that's by points per game. They're putting up the eighth most points per game. Dallas is scoring offense not quite as good. All but Dallas does have the second scoring defense in the league. But the other thing is Ezekiel Elliott. He leads the league in rush yards right now. Indianapolis is eighth defending the run right now. So I just feel like all those things in play. Home team. Dallas plays a lot better on the road. I think this is a low-scoring, grinded-out game, but I think Indianapolis gets the job done here and keeps their playoff hopes alive. Yeah, me too. And it's at Lucas Oil Bank, right? Yeah, it's at Lucas Oil. So, yeah, the, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Home team, got to give it to them. All right, so let's move here now to Vikings-Dolphins. I mean, a lot of people, I didn't even think this would be a big game at last week, but Dolphins handled business. They're now 7-6. and six. Looking to pick up a huge win here against the uh, six six or six five and one Vikings, huge game right here. Lots of I mean six six and ones, but uh, Vikings, lots of playoff implications here. Both teams kind of fighting for their playoff lives. A big thing to me right now, Vikings fired their offensive coordinator last week after a terrible performance. Uh, teams typically play a little bit more motivated after firing their offensive coordinator. I don't have a stat to back that up, but I know for a fact that teams typically play better after that. Yeah, this is also, more like on, an- anecdotal that mm-hmm. teams get fired up for co- fired coaches. Exactly, the Dolphins. You really don't know what you're going to get from them. They are the home team here. They're seven. The I mean, sorry, the Vikings are the home team here. They're seven and a half point favorites. Vikings have not run the ball well all season long. I think the Vikings try to run the ball a little bit more here and do get find a little bit more of a run game. I don't know if the Vikings will win big or not just because of the way they played all season long, but I expect them to come out and play a lot better on the offensive side of the ball and ultimately get the win here. Me too. This is a, this is a game that I can see the Dolphins typically flick it, uh, flipping over and losing. Just turning mm-hmm. over and, and, just, and just dropping. Yeah, but at the same time, Dolphins have been so unpredictable here. I feel like the Dolphins could pull something off personally. I'm not, I'm staying as well, far away from Last week, yeah, that, that last play was a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they gave the Patriots all they wanted that entire game, but I'm staying as far away from this game as I possibly can as a better. I mean, even in teasers or anything, I don't trust the Vikings. I don't trust the Dolphins either. Both these teams, I could see the Dolphins getting blown out. I could also see them winning in a close game. So, I mean, I re- this game to me is a complete crapshoot. I'm going to take the Vikings and hope they get things going. But the, I'm going to be honest with you here. This is something that I've been talking about all week long. The Vikings are stupid for paying Kirk Cousins that kind of money. They could have paid look – at, look at the difference in the contracts between Kirk Cousins and uh, Case Keenum. I mean, the money is absurd here right now. They it's could have all saved – guaranteed, 100% guaranteed. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. They could have saved so much money here on rather than keeping around – Case Keenum's contract was two years, $36 million from the Broncos. And he's making $18 million – He's making 18 million on, or 25 if it's guaranteed, 18 million in annual salary. So he's hitting him about eight million dollars, nine million dollars on the cap. 
So, I mean, I would have, I'll take that all day over Cousins' damn near $30 million on the cap all day. Yep, 100%. I feel like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like and, that's what the Vikings and it's like are lacking. Chemistry, like he like he had played with these guys before. Like mm-hmm. it was a completely new dominating alpha force in this offense. So you can see where the kinks in the chain come in. Yeah, and let's be honest. If you look at Kirk Cousins as a quarterback through the first three quarters, he's a blow, he's average to below average as a quarterback. In the fourth quarter, he elevates his play. Like I mean, last week we saw him get that garbage time touchdown. So I mean, he's good in garbage time, and he's good and when the game's actually he's good in both ways in garbage time and when it's, oh, there's a lot on the line in the game. Personally, though, I think he has been exactly what's holding them back. I mean, when, if, there's no excuses though. When you look at his offense, you got Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen. I mean, I could just go on and on and on and talk about all the weapons they have in this offense. Yet, week in and week out, we just see these underperforming um, games for, out of them. I'm glad these guys are taking attention off the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Because, because all these teams. Yeah, dude. Like there are so many offenses this year that can be doing so much better, but just aren't. I mean, look at the NFC playoff teams last year. The Panthers, the Falcons, the Vikings, the Eagles. All of them look awful. The only ones who look good are the Saints. Saints. And who's the other the Who's the other team? Yeah, and the Rams. Those are the only two of them that look good. I mean, all these other NFC playoff teams last year, they just look horrible. And, I mean, if the way that the NFL's gone, too, these teams usually don't make it back. Like, I know I predicted the Jags wouldn't make it back. I feel like that was probably the easiest prediction out of any of these teams yeah. not to make it back. But yeah, Any team that starts chooses to start Blake Bortles, you're on my shit list for now. Yeah, so like, yeah. I was that was ridiculously stupid. I still can't believe they stuck with Bortles. Last and match and Marone and Marone for that for, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Last game we'll talk about here. Uh, it's it's kind of a big NFC NFC East game right here. Um, we got Saints versus Panthers. Um, I mean, sorry, South. NFC South. Yeah, I don't know why I said East. NFC South here. Saints versus Panthers. Saints at the Panthers, minus six. What you got in this one, Monday night? Um, I think the Panthers are 100% done. I think Ron Rivera will be removed as head coach, forcibly. Um, Saints Saints win this one by, I wouldn't say a landslide, but handedly. Um, I think I think Ron Rivera, he's already, like you said, already started firing assistant coaches. I mean, he's... It's it's not looking good at all for the Panthers here. I think it's more the same. Cam Newton's horrible play keeps up. They are five and one at home. Their only loss came to the Seahawks, but I think that was kind of the season ending. Yeah, that was yeah. That, that, that was when the season turned sour for them. Yeah, really that game, and then the Buccaneers next week confirmed it, and then it's just Browns after that. I think the Saints pile another loss on top of them here. I think the Saints. I mean, like the fans don't even want to go to this game. Tickets right now, it says right here for me, are on sale for thirty five dollars. I mean, thirty five dollars to go play against the Saints. Shoot, I would never step foot in that stadium to watch those two teams play right there. Hell no, you couldn't pay me to go watch those two teams play. I would be rooting for both teams to lose. I was about to say, like, then we can at least watch somebody's season end. We can at least watch the Panthers <laughs> in like season end, like in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. I think. See, I think the biggest story here that nobody's talking about about this game, the, so the Panthers have to play the Saints twice to close out the season. The Saints also get the Steelers. They got back-to-back home games. I think the Saints show up extremely motivated here. Sean Payton, he's done it before. He's won a Super Bowl. I, and I just think they find any possible way to get it done. Personally, I think they cover the spread. I'm probably going to take the Saints minus six in, in this game. I'm probably going to hammer that. I like that spread, if I'm honest with you. I think that's a trap to try to trap people into betting on the Panthers. And you're like, oh, I'll get points, six points. 
points and they're the home team. Give me the points in a rivalry game. But no, I think the Saints with the scoring offense, they've kind of underperformed the last two weeks. They're averaging 36 or 37 points per game nearly going to that Cowboys game. They've scored 13 and 28. I think their offense finds a groove here. There's a lot of injuries too in the secondary for Carolina. I think they get thrown all over here by New Orleans. New Orleans wins this game big. I see like 38-14 or something like that. And I think this defensive line they have Watch Sheldon Rankins and Cam Jordan to absolutely dominate Cam Newton. We'll see him over there on the sidelines with his towel over his head, crying and pouting like a little baby. It's going to be 38-24, but um, I definitely like where your head's at. Yeah, no, I don't I don't see the Panthers having any real chance in this game. Um, we can move here now that we kind of discussed the big matchups. I know there's some bowl games coming up this weekend, but, I mean, who cares about these bowl games? These are all like the hey, whack team. Uh, two lanes playing this weekend. <laughs> your squad i completely forgot about i was gonna ask you about that one but well, i'll be i'll be honest with you i could give a damn about any of these bowl games there's nfl football on on saturday you will not catch me watching a single one of these bowl games except maybe i gotta work the night before so i probably won't even be out of bed till one o'clock you'll be lucky to catch me with any of these on the tv you better watch Tulane, you asshole yeah we'll see about that are you betting on Tulane? i'll probably throw like a 50 on Tulane. I like it. I like it. What's the spread at on that game? It was like Tulane minus three and a half versus Louisiana. I was about to say, it was around three, like whenever I did it. I could be talked into it. I could definitely be talked in. Um, By the way, the the other thing I like about that game actually is the fact that it's two Louisiana teams playing against each other. Playing in the Cure Orlando Bowl. Isn't that fucking weird? Yeah, dude. I'm going to be honest with you. The only time I'll ever watch any of these bowl games is if I got money on them. Other than that, I'm not watching hardly any of these bowl games until we get to like, until we get to that second Saturday where you got like Memphis, Wake Forest, Houston Army. You know, I could wrap my head around watching a couple of those games. And the Wednesday after Christmas, you got Georgia Tech, Minnesota. Like I can, I can watch some of these games, you know, yeah. like around then. But up until then, I ain't watching any of these games, you know. I'm a um, dude. I love these games. Wacky football. See, I love it. See, I'd rather watch the yeah, – let's go into this a little bit here since before we segment into buy or yeah. sell. You know, to me, these bowl games, like, yeah, they're fun to watch and all. You're bored. You got a little wager on it or still a little something going on. You know, it's fun to watch. But other than that, I mean, these bowl games to me are just whatever. I'd much rather watch basketball if it's me. I'd rather watch a little NBA Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever night it is. I'd rather watch a little NBA or something like that. What about you? Are you a bowl game kind of guy? Oh, I'm definitely a bowl game kind of guy. And plus, like, when you got multiple TVs, multiple screens, like – you can do. You can watch NBA and the bowl games and this. Um, this particular Saturday, though, I'll be at work until about, <clears throat> I guess, three or four o'clock. So I'll be watching the first half of the first few on my cell phone and um, listen to the radio broadcast of another one on the way home. You know, like until I can get home, mm-hmm. sit at the battle station. Sit at the battle station. I love that. Yeah, I'm. You know, as much as I want to like these bowl games, I just really can't like. I don't know. I've tried to get into them like that, but I'm just not really – And like when the bigger teams start playing each other, like when you have, have like two big – like if you have two teams that are actually – you had a good season, you know what I mean, like a Memphis or like a Houston or somebody like that or like an Army. When you have one of those teams that don't come from the Power Five that are good, I, I'm fine with watching them. Or like when you have two Power Fives. Yeah, or – or like you at least know they're a good football team, you know what I mean? Or like when you're watching two power five teams go at it, like I can watch those kind of bowl games, but these games against like like your Tulane, Louisiana, UL Monroe game, I can't watch that kind of stuff. My biggest thing is though, who really cares about these bowl games at the end of the day? You're, most me, some of these teams don't man, even show up and give a damn. Me. I like the bowl games. 
Yeah, but I'm saying like these teams, some of them don't even care about the games and they go play in them. That's why I want them to extend the playoff to eight games or to eight teams. It gives us an extra grouping of more meaning or even six teams and give two teams a first round bye. It gives us more meaningful college football. You know what I mean? Oh, and I'm all for more. Let's expand the bowl system. Yeah, and I'm all for more meaning. I don't have a problem with them keeping these these bowls like the like the the whatever the the camping world bowl or whatever it was. I'm, I don't oh, have a problem with them bowl. keeping those. Yeah, I don't have a problem with them keeping those bowl games, but I want the big bowl games. You know what I mean? I want more of these playoff games. These playoff games are fun to watch in the holiday season. Not a lot of people got it. It's good TV, good money. I don't see why they don't expand the playoffs already. You know, like they're missing out on so much revenue. Like look at what March Madness does for college basketball. I could only imagine that because you know how how the, imagine the degree of how much people like football compared to basketball and college football compared to college basketball. That would literally be that would be bigger than March Madness. Like that would be big, like November Madness. That would literally be the bigger of the two tournaments. Yeah, and football teams battling it out. You know, like that would be insane like that would people would like that more than real march madness yeah well i mean football though that's just too many games too much stress on these kids bodies you got to forget they got to go get that nfl check so i don't have a problem with see i don't have a problem with that championship games and 10 game seasons got to be a top 14 get yourself in the tournament and play all month long jeez see that's just too much football man see i don't have a problem with thomas penlin i know you're not being serious right now with me I mean, That's dude, do you really want to watch Alabama play Tulane in a in a in a you're matchup? A, you're I mean, asking the wrong guy. You're asking the wrong. All right, sorry. Guy. You want to watch Alabama play Eastern Michigan or play Buffalo in a football game? Fuck no. Nobody wants to watch that. They're upset. Nobody nobody wanted to watch Virginia versus UMBC this year, but look at what happened. It, it, yeah, I mean that it had never happened. So. But, but but my argument against this, against going to a 64-game thing like they do for March Madness is it takes so much more stress and wear and tear on your body. I don't like the kids risking their body for that many more games. I don't have a problem adding one more game, but when you add three or four more games, I think that's too much on these kids and risks too much money for them in the future. Shorten the season, let the, 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 the championship games. Do the computer for the 64 best teams in the country. Arrange accordingly. It's very simple. Look at how just, look at how man. how every single state in the United States does their high school football. It's easy. Hey, I'm, Robin I'm, tournament. It's it's literally simple. I also think though that takes away from one of college football's biggest draws is the fact that every game means so much to the season. That's why I can't really go with this. So to put it back on your point, does Alabama versus Mercer this year meant so much to the schedule? Alabama versus Louisiana Lafayette means so much to the schedule. Cut I mean, those games out, make it only conference games and important home games and the games against worthy opponents, and then save the two gimme games for the for the, the postseason tournament. You can't cut those games out. Those are the most important games in college football because that's what helps programs like my Kennesaw State have money to pay, pay for the uniforms. I, yeah, exactly. That's where the money comes from that pays for the whole program. Like Tulane probably doesn't bring more than – to, I doubt they hit more than 15,000 people at a game. Like, I bet you that's a good t- attendance for them, 15,000 people at a game. 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's these teams don't make much money. Then making that money off playing these big t- big name teams is how that they these programs are able to survive as football programs. So I'm not for dropping those dropping games. I'm all for them keeping everything the way it is, just adding an extra an extra two to four teams to the playoff, which adds one extra game for each team. Nah, there's definitely a way logistically around all that. Like it is the the amount of revenue that could be generated from the 64-team tournament for small schools that could find a way to creep their way in, like Tulane, or in two years, whenever Kennesaw gets in the right classification, Kennesaw State? I don't know if Kennesaw State will move up. This is my thing with Kennesaw State here before. This is the last, this is the last point I'll say on this, and then we're going to move to buy or sell. I don't know if Kennesaw State can move up just because you look at the triple option as an offense – it, you kind of, you know what I mean? Like the way it works and stuff, I think it would absolutely get eaten by these bigger teams. Cause you look at it, these athletes, typically if you're not playing, if you're playing uh, D, not D1 AA bowl subdivision football, if you're in the FCS and not the FBS, you're kind of, you know what I mean? Like you're, if you're in the FCS, you're more of a, like you're either fast or you're strong or you're a smart football player. It's very rare that you see some players that have all three of those, you know what I mean? Or that have proven they have all three of those in high school. Rather than when you prove you have two of those three, you typically go to like one of the now in power six teams. And then when you have all three of them or you're really, or you have two of them really strongly, you can go to a power five team. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, the, you're right. The game is definitely going away from the triple option thing, so it makes your program hard to be dominant and lasting. Paul Johnson was one of the last great ones that did mm-hmm. that, and he held his own just fine, if you ask me. Like Georgia Tech should be forever indebted to Paul Johnson because he kept him relevant, really. Like. I- I disagree. I think Georgia Tech would have done fine without Paul Johnson. I mean, you can get easy. It's easy to get recruits to come into Atlanta. Everybody, I mean, who wouldn't want to live in Atlanta? It's a great city. But the Georgia Tech's strict academic standards. Yeah, but I mean, Chan Gailey did a good job at the team. He still won ACC championships, and he still had good years with the team. I mean, they won plenty of national championships in the 90s and before that even. the Georgia Tech's always been a strong program. I mean, Paul Johnson, I thought, did a decent job there, but I just feel like his triple option was stupid because this is what you got to think about. When your players are practicing your defensive players, when they're going up against the triple option, they're losing reps. They could be gaining going up against an actual NCAA offense, so they're literally wasting their time defending the triple option in practice. And that's one of my biggest arguments against triple option and why Georgia Tech never had a good defense. They had some decent defenses, but they never had a really good defense the entire time Paul Johnson was no, there. Never. That, like there were countless wins where it was forty-two to forty-eight. Yeah. Time. Or like Paul Johnson's big thing was we're going to rest. Our defense might not be that great, but we're going to control the ball. We're going to run the clock and we're going to make y'all keep the, we're going to keep our defense off the field and keep them rested. Like I remember in that season when they went to the ACC championship game, when they had Anthony Allen and they had, um, what's his name? Josh Nesbitt is their quarterback back when they had that team. Yeah, that was probably the best team Tech ever had, and with or that one or the Justin Thomas team that beat Georgia and beat Mississippi State. Those are their two that best teams. Team. That was a good team. Yeah, those are their two best triple option teams. And I remember there was multiple quarters with both those teams where they would go on these absurd like ten minute drives, and they would just keep the other team off the field for so long that they would steal all the momentum away and steal some huge wins. But let's move on here now to buy or sell before we conclude this podcast. My first thing I want to buy or sell here is Pat Mahomes' MVP. You buy or sell? Um, Yeah, now that Drew Brees has hit a few statistical snags, like against the Falcons he had about 150 yards, um, I think Pat Mahomes is definitely your 
your probably consensus MVP at this point. Bye. I don't think he's I don't think he's consensus yet, but my thing with Pat Mahomes is I look at Pat Mahomes as how he played in big situations. In that game against the Broncos, I mean, they had third down. It was like third down and 28 or 30 or something like that. Pat Mahomes gets 24 yards, 25 yards like it's nothing and gets them into a fourth and like, I think five. And then he's literally is like centimeters away from getting, he's centimeters away from getting thrown to the ground by Vaughn Miller and switches to his left hand and finds Tyreek Hill for first down. I was like, Pat Mahomes, you are a bad, bad, bad man. Man. Then, like, even last week, did you watch the game last week at all? What? The one against the, the Ravens? No, yeah, the no-look pass one? Yeah, so, I mean, he threw the no-look pass, and then on top of that, he's literally being chased out of bounds on fourth down and nine and just heaves one in the air to Tyree Kill, who's 30 yards down the field, finds him for a prayer first down, comes back, wins the game. I mean, Pat Mahomes... He does everything. I mean, you look at his stats. He's got over 4,300 yards passing. He's got over, what does he have right now, like 43, 44 touchdowns. I think he threw yeah. two more yards tonight, so 45 passing touchdowns on the yep. season. Pat Mahomes is going to break Peyton Manning's single-season record, I'm hoping here. I hope he throws two more here in the second half so he can hopefully break that record. Pat Mahomes is having a crazy season. It was only a second-year player. I think you got to give it to him here. That is if the Chiefs are able to get home field advantage in the playoffs, which is looking pretty good because they would have to lose – two out of their last three and losing a tiebreaker to New England here in order to lose first home field advantage, which I don't see happening. So I'm buying Pat Mahomes as my MVP. My next buy or sell for you is do you buy or sell Philly signing McCutcheon is a good move? Um, like I was telling um, our man Nick McRae in the car on the way to play golf today, this, this move would have been good four or five years ago. But as of now, McCutcheon didn't have a great year with the Yankees last year. Didn't have a bad one, necessarily, but it was sort of pedestrian. Um, for a three-year deal with a club option, the paperwork can make it sound nice and not so intimidating, but for 50 mil, eh, I sell. I sell hard here as well. I mean, McCutcheon arguably had probably his worst season of his career last year. He's really only a shell, I think, of the McCutcheon that we're used to seeing. Um, it's just, you know, like I would just want to see more out of him. He hit 253 last year. The year before that, he was 279. Then he was 256 the year before that. So, I mean, this is his worst year hitting from the plate in general. I mean, McCutcheon's a guy who's won MVP in the past. I agree with you here. I think he's only a shell of the original, of the Andrew McCutcheon we're used to from Pittsburgh. I think this is not a good deal. I think it's a waste of money here by the Phillies. I'm really glad they made this deal as a Braves fan. A one-year deal would have been fine. Um, yeah. deal is what makes it. I mean, yeah, they had the club option, but one-year deal would have been perfect. I would have been a fan of a one-year deal. I would have yeah. bought it. It was a one-year deal. A three-year deal, I got to sell hard here. Um, my next buyer-sell here for you is do you buy or do you sell Phillies are going to get Manny Machado? Um, I'll tell you this. They'll, they'll get at least Machado or Harper. So, I guess buy. Um, I'll sell that they get Harper. I'm going to buy Machado. I think they're going to go out and um, and spend big money here to get Manny Machado. And I think I, I think like it's a move they got to make. You know what I mean? The Braves got all these other players. They got to go out here and do something if they expect to compete. So I buy on that. I buy on the Phillies going out and getting Manny Machado. They got the money to spend. They know they got to do it. Um, do you buy or sell the Vikings as a playoff team? Sell absolutely. Too dysfunctional. 
Interesting. So you don't think the Vikings are going to make the playoffs? Um, they have the let's see who do they have chasing their tails? Um, the wild card. So in the wild card race right now, the main teams that they're chasing are the Philadelphia, Washington, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, New York Giants, Seattle. Um, Oh, and Seattle's what? Well, Seattle's ahead of them right now. Mm -hmm. Um, one loss derails this team, and all it takes is a little bit of misfortune for the piranhas to bite in the NFL. So cutthroat, I'd sell Minnesota as a playoff team. I'm going to buy Minnesota as a playoff team. I think they're going to play well here with their backs against the wall. I think they'll get it done at home in a tight one versus the Dolphins. I also think that they'll get it done next week at the Lions versus the Lions team. It's kind of falling apart a little bit. I mean, they traded away Golden Tate, so they kind of were selling themselves anyway. But I'm going to buy they get in here. They play the Bears the last week. I think the Bears will be looking to beat them here and try to get a first-round buy. So... Uh, actually, I'm gonna. I don't think the Bears will be able to get a first round by, but I mean, I think they could still be trying to. But at the same time, the Bears could also be phoning it in at this point because the Rams and the Saints would both have to lose. Would have to lose one of these two games for them for them going into the Week 17. So I'm gonna buy them though as making the playoffs. But I mean, I think they get get bounced first round. I don't think they do anything in the wild card round. Uh, buy or sell the Colts as a playoff team. Indianapolis. Um... Yes, I do. I see them taking uh, Baltimore spot at number six. Wow. Um, this one's this is another tough one for me here. So the Chargers, I think, are auto, are already in as a wild card. Yeah. Ah, see, really I really four teams vying for one spot. Mm-hmm. I think they'll beat the Cowboys this week. I think they beat the Giants. Tennessee is going to be a really, really, really tough game because Tennessee is another team, too, that's fighting for a wild card spot. Tennessee's schedule, they got to play at the Giants, the Redskins, and the Colts. It's that game, I think, will Titans, come down. Titans, I think Titans could win these two in a row as well. And then, then they they literally could be playing for that, that last playoff spot when it's all said and done. Exactly. I mean, even the Dolphins, they got the Vikings, they got the Jags and the Bills. So, I mean, it's going to be a tough race here. I'm going to buy, though, the Colts as a playoff team, and that is only because I think Andrew Luck is the, be- is the best remaining quarterback out of all these teams that are trying to get into the playoffs right now. They're kind of stuck down there. I think he's the best quarterback out of all of them, and I think they have a favorable schedule. I think if the Colts went up against the Titans head-to-head, I would have to take the Colts. Andrew Luck has never lost against the Titans before, so I think that, that plays a big factor in there. I'm going to buy Indianapolis as making the playoffs. All right, my last buy or sell here, I'm going to go to the NBA Got to talk about it. I mean, the Raptors, huge road statement yesterday. Do you buy or sell this Raptors team, though, as a playoff team? Of course. I see wow. that as, as, as a top two seed in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, though, here as a buy or sell team in the playoffs is like a team that can get to the conference championship or the get to the finals. Yeah, I definitely think they can get to the conference championship. Um, with the Celtics showing signs of slowing down, they've been better lately. But I really do think the Raptors have showed they could sustain a period of long play, long good play, with uh, my man Nick Nurse at the helm. Bye. Um, I sell the Raptors here. I am a Raptors hater. 
Uh, I think Kawhi Leonard really doesn't make them that much better. He doesn't really move the ball well. He's not a, I mean, I wouldn't say he doesn't move the ball well, but he's not much of an assist guy. He only averages three assists per game. He's also been known to get injured and to be a bit of a head case as well with him sitting out and stuff in San Antonio. I also think another big thing here against the Raptors, Kyle Lowry. And I mean, Pete, we know DeRozan was a choke artist in the playoffs, but people forget Kyle Lowry too couldn't do anything in the playoffs. Remember a couple of years ago, he stayed after two and a half hours shooting shots just because yeah. he couldn't make anything and he was trying to get him there. I'm selling hard here on the Raptors. I think the Bucks or the Celtics, whichever one they have to, if they have to face one of those two teams in the second round of the playoffs, I think either of those teams are better fit than them to get make a run here in the playoffs. I think they would get bounced by either of those. Also, other teams in the Eastern Conference I think could give them problems in the playoffs is the 76ers. I would pick the 76ers to beat them in a seven-game series as well. I think that they can beat pretty much any other team in the Eastern Conference. So I'm actually selling hard here on the Raptors. I'm really not much of a believer in this team. Also, I mean, what kind of playoff experience does Pascal Siakam or does OG Ananobi or any of those guys really have? I mean, yeah, they played in the the playoffs a couple of times, but none of these guys were key pieces of the teams when they were actually in the playoffs. And uh, you remember Valanciunas in that Cavs series? He let Tristan Thompson dominate him. I think the Raptors... I think the Raptors are professional choke artists, and they take after their uh, rapper who sits courtside Drake, and they play soft. And I think that's what's going to happen to the Raptors. They get bounced in the first round. New coach, new identity. Uh, I mean, not first round, but the second round. I was about to say, they'll have a good first round matchup because they'll be a high seed in the, yeah. um, in the Eastern Conference, which is like the JV League compared to the West, where the superior basketball is played. Yeah, the bottom three teams in the East are... are I mean, the bottom three teams in the East, I mean, there's probably like seven teams in the East that could be any of those bottom three teams, and all none of those teams are anything special. Bottom three teams in the East will probably all be below 500, if I had to guess, or right at it. The bottom, th- te- bottom three teams in the West will be under 500, yes. No, in the, no, in the East. Yeah, they'll be under 500. I would want to... Yeah. The- <clears throat> it, that, that's kind of how the schedule works. If you're under 500, mm-hmm. that means you're like a bottom team. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised. That's why it's crazy in the East. There's gonna be teams below 500 making it in the West. There's how many teams are above 500? There's two 500 teams and one team above 500 that are not even in the playoffs right now. So <clears throat> that's pretty crazy. Uh, I guess we'll conclude today's show on that, guys. Once again, I'm Thomas Penland, your host. Here of Hot Takes with TP3, joined by Cohen Hughes. Um, follow me on Twitter, at Hot Takes with TP3. Get at me. I got all kinds of good stuff on there for you all. I just posted another video of me going off about how Kawhi Leonard's not a, not a uh, top five player in the league. And I would love to hear you all comment on there with me. Tweet me, tweet at me. Let me know what you all think. Cohen, let the people know what's good. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I host another podcast, The Daily Degenerate. It is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all the good stuff. Um I had a fun time today, as always, disagreeing with you on many multiple topics. Yeah, we got after a little bit today. We had a couple good disagreements. Mm-hmm. Some things will never change. Um, that's all I got to say. Hell yeah, rock on. Yeah, we'll see y'all next. You, week. I hope your dad loves you as much as Levar Ball loves his son. Yeah, yeah. This is Cohen Hughes, guys. The man whose dad loves him more than Levar Ball loves his sons. It can never be the case. LeVar Ball is the best dad on the planet. Hey, I agree with that completely, but appreciate y'all tuning in. Me and Cohen are recording Association Episode 4 tomorrow, so we'll see y'all tomorrow. All right, peace out, guys.